House Divided Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first off-season episode of the House Divided Podcast ever, by the way, because we just skipped the off-season last year because of COVID. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? Doing good. I'm not alone in the off-season anymore. You're you're here with me. Yep. UCLA made sure of that for the both of us, eh? I mean, that kind of like is the peak uh, brand of this show, right? If one of us is miserable, we got to have the same fate for the other. That's kind of yeah, well, what we signed I, up for. I couldn't take much more of you being all doom and gloom, so I had to put the loss in for Michigan. Uh, yeah, it, now look, we're now we're just down here together on the set of a Lil Nas video. Gonna get some blood shoes. <laughs> this is this is our life now. Yeah, I was about to go positive with it. So um, <laughs> j- the today we didn't coordinate this, by the way. I just want everybody to appreciate how this happened the house divided podcast both both parties got microchip today huh we did we did but we stuck on brand because uh you know i'm team moderna you know yeah. it's getting up dolly parton <laughs> and i got the pfizer one. Uh, oh that's too perfect you and, you and bill gates are over like me and country music's own dolly parton are over here with icp and all the other msu fans and you're over there like Pfizer, Michigan, nerded it up. So yeah, that's that's a perfect analogy. Get, do we keep it on brand? What arm did you get? It? Uh, also, I've heard you gotta do the dominant arm, so I did right arm. When I asked the dude, he said non-dominant is what he always does. So I got left. So it's perfect. We did this right on brand. Perfect. All right. We are so house divided on this. <laughs> oh, man. the mo- the most divided, if you will. Um, so let's, let's get to, get, get to some sports. Uh, if we're going to go, we should lead with basketball, right? Yeah, we should lead with basketball. So Michigan beat the shit out of Florida state. I just want to talk about Leonard Hamilton's not a very good coach. He's a good recruiter. But goddamn, dude, didn't make a single adjustment throughout that game. Uh, Michigan beat them handily. Uh, Franz Wagner played one of the best basketball games. His, I'm going to say his last game on the record is a Michigan Wolverine. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but but it, it was just a thorough beatdown of Florida State. And uh, it really – you know what it reminded me of, Jeremy? was like half of the Big Ten games this year, like the games against like Wisconsin and Iowa and Purdue, where Michigan opens up, just kind of wins every five-minute stretch by a couple points, and they go into halftime up 10, and then they come out in the second half and just obliterate them. And that's really how this one went. Uh, And it it felt good. Uh, Punched Michigan's ticket to its fourth Elite Eight, in eight years and that's really impressive and to do that even with a coaching transition all all the credit into the world to that program and then 
I, I should have known this was doomed when it got scheduled at 10 p.m. Because that's what happened to Michigan State. It was a Tuesday night, and, and it just felt like, you know, some dumb shit could happen, right? Not you. You you the whole time until you fell asleep and found out the next morning that Michigan lost. We're preaching that we were going to win by 8 to 10. But uh, I remember sitting in the first half, and I was like – I was watching it with my brother and Megan. I was like, guys, I got bad vibes. Like, I, I just got bad vibes. This doesn't feel good. And uh, UCLA did what they did. They they must have the best trash talk for the free throw line because Michigan, uh, 80% shooting team, goes like 50% from the line, including a streak of five straight misses from – Mike Smith and Hunter Dickinson, who are both very good from the stripe. And uh, they go on and can't get a bucket for five minutes to end the game and lose by two. And that's the end of the season. In a 51 to 49 game, I just. I was, my under cashed. I went to sleep <laughs> nicely because I knew my under was going to cash. So, so do you remember when Michigan with Stoskis made the Elite Eight and played Kentucky and the Harrison twins just shot the lights out and beat them by three. This game was the antithesis to that. <laughs> Johnny Juzang went and had his and scored over half of their points. But I mean, outside of him, it was just a sludge fart of a game. If it doesn't happen in the elite eight, it's like getting, I mean, it got mocked, but like, you know, at least there's some credence to it because both teams are playing good defense. But if that gets played in November, jokes are being made uh, by all of college basketball Twitter. Uh, and so it, it just sucks. Franz goes one of 10 from the field. I don't know if Mike Smith made a field goal. It's just a really, really tough way for a team like that to go out. That You know, they win a Big Ten championship. They... They, you know what? It, it's almost like we forgot that they lost their best shooter right before the tournament. And I'm not going to come out and say, you you don't know the effect that everything has because if Isaiah Livers is there, maybe Brandon Johns doesn't get those big momentum buckets. And I do want to talk about Brandon Johns before we move off the basketball. So I, I don't want to just come out and say, oh, if Livers is there, we win that game. They're in the final four. And based on how UCLA played Gonzaga, we might be in the national championship game. But it uh, it does stink a little bit knowing that you don't have a guy like Isaiah Livers there. And, uh, yeah, just a, a crummy way to go out. We've talked about a lot of our brand on this show. We overlooked the brand of uh... – the last tournament we had, we lost to the same team too. So we overlooked that a little bit in our uh, preparation for <laughs> for you guys possibly playing UCLA. Um, yeah, man, it was an absolute awful game to watch. <laughs> I'll say it was kind of like the like the MSU UCLA game at least. Like I could look back and say like, there were moments in that game where like every bucket was going in and it was kind of entertaining, I bet, as a non-fan. Um, this one was not that. And I think well, that's game... how Gonzaga went and Alabama. They, they yeah. played those two teams in some really good games, you know? God. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's a it's a shame to see Michigan go that way because I think you know I would have liked to see, and I mean it's not even just the uh, oh the matchup because UCLA and Gonzaga gave us a great game so I wouldn't say that we we as fans missed out the way that we did in the hockey tournament which we'll get to oh but but you know thinking of the uh, the way that this went down like. Is tough to think like Efron's last game, and that that sucks because the guy had a great run in March and in Indy there through the Big Ten tournament, through the NCAA tournament, um, and in a weird season without fans to go to have such a season go the way that it does, and then go out that way where you feel like you just didn't play to your expectation, you know. It maybe was probably easier to take than the heartbreak of like a last second shot or anything like that. But I don't know. Man. I, I feel like it's a longer taste to wash out of your mouth and actually enjoy the season that you had. Yeah. Well, see, that's what that's what I'm trying to focus on because this Michigan team was not picked by very many people at all. They even finished top four in the Big Ten. And they go on and win the title and yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff like, oh, they were just overlooked. Like this isn't – I've seen a lot of people downplaying Juwan Howard's accomplishment and stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's still a hell of a thing to do to take a team that's not even picked in the preseason top 25 and go and win a Big Ten title. Um, it, it just the, – the thing that hurts the most about it is UCLA – needed everything to get that game. They needed Franz to have a terrible night. They needed Mike Smith to have a terrible night. I mean, if you look at the shot chart of points in the paint or attempts in the paint, I'm sorry, it's just mind-boggling. Like how many more shots Michigan got that should have went in. And uh, I will say like Hunter Dickinson got a few absolute garbage shots to fall, but that was like half of what UCLA was shooting. And so, you know, UCLA needed everything. And then, you know, to make matters even worse, worse, not worse. I don't know if you paid attention to this, Jeremy, in the first half, but they call a foul on the dude against Austin Davis for it, it was one of the most blatant hook and holds I've ever seen. And they, they called it a foul, but they didn't call the hook and hold. And, and it's just one of those things where like, yeah, ifs and what's are candy and nuts and all that shit. But like, man, <laughs> that's a, that's a two point swing and they lose by two. They lose, but they were down by one, you know, it, going into that last possession until they had to foul, and then they lose by two because of the free throw shot. So it, it sucks. That sucks. Michigan gets several really good looks to end regulation at that if one of them goes in, nobody gives a shit about Franz's free th- or uh, field goal percentage. If he hits one of those threes, he's a legend. If Mike Smith hits that transition three with like two seconds left, He's a legend, and Michigan's on to the Final Four. And so that's 
that's the beauty of the tournament, and it just wasn't beautiful for Michigan this time because it's a single elimination, and I have no doubt in my mind if Michigan and UCLA play a seven-game series, Michigan wins in six. And it, But that's not how the tournament works, and so it is what it is. Uh, season's over. You still get to hang a banner, nothing to hang your head about. Um, I just want to address something real quick. Michigan Twitter and Michigan State Twitter are the Spider-Man pointing meme because I see a lot of, like, whenever one team is bad, it's the they're obsessed with us talk. But, like, man, I was on Twitter both nights UCLA won, and uh, it looks pretty similar to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Hence this show, right? That's how this this show can coalesce because of that community. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let you get in your Brandon Johns thoughts because you know I – I'm always here for Brandon Johns, but uh, I will say that game was, you, you know what it was? I mean, it was the Jordan Poole shot against Houston away from, from you know, same thing, terrible game. You guys yep. were not good against Houston. It's identical. But all, ever, but all anyone remembers is Jordan Poole hits a ridiculous shot. Great celebration. And, and you guys get to move on and you go on and have a, a final four that year. Um, you know, it was just a Jordan Poole shot away. Like, just having one guy have their Jordan Poole moment. It just didn't Not happen this time. Both of Franz's look and Mike's look were both – Oh, they're better. Miles better. Better looks, yeah. And so that, yeah. that's a great point because that those games were so similar, and you're dead on with that. If one of those yeah. balls goes in, it's the same way. Well, they, they put it perfectly on the moving screen pod. And if you're listening to us but don't listen to them, <laughs> what are you doing, man? But <laughs> if you are listening to us and you don't listen to them, we did not copy. We did not, uh, we didn't cliff notes them at all. No, no. no understand no. basketball very, very well with individuals. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they, yeah, I think what you're going to get to is what they, what they said, which is that, uh, you know, they, I think they might have referenced the Jordan Poole shot, but they also, um, yeah, they were kind of all over them. Just well, yeah, you, you got the looks. <laughs> every, every Final Four team plays a clunker, and some of them get through it, and some of them don't. And Michigan didn't get through them. Don't. Yep. And, and that's that's what happened. Yep. And it sucks, because uh, you know I don't think Michigan beats Baylor if we get there, but I think they could have played Gonzaga, and I think they could have beat Gonzaga. So it it is what it is. That but again then. Like, I, I was thinking Saturday night. I was like, well, you know, maybe this just spared me from having Jalen Suggs rip my heart out, you know? Or maybe it saved me from another beatdown in a national title game just like three years ago. So, you know, it is what it is. And I, I still think Michigan fans will look fondly on this season, even outside of their regular season success. Uh, they made it farther than Illinois. They <laughs> uh, they beat <laughs> They beat down Florida State in the Sweet 16. And that, that is a, a fun memory that I'll get to take with me from this 21, 2021 team forever. Uh, and we'll get into it because we have a long offseason ahead. But, man, if you add a trans, transfer or two, I, I there's some good reason to think they can run it back. So uh, let, let's move on to something – far more infuriating than a 
shitty loss to UCLA. Let's talk about the NCAA hockey tournament. Now, the day that this happened, so for those of you, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Michigan had a single COVID test the day before, COVID positive, I'm sorry, the day before their game uh, against Minnesota Duluth, the luckiest team in college hockey. And (laughs) uh, they were knocked out of the tournament because of that. And as was Notre Dame. Um, That day for me was very somber. I I didn't really know how to feel. It kind of hit me like a brick and I just kind of shut down and forgot that the tournament existed. You were feeling a lot fiery, a lot more fiery things. So I kind of want to let you take over here and talk about this dumbassery. So, so here's my thing. The NCAA hockey tournament is not a moneymaker. It is not. It, it, the Frozen Four is fun. I've gone to eight Frozen Fours. Love it. Regional sites can be great. It's, you know, quick turn around your hockey, like back to back, you get to see extra games. It's, it's awesome to watch. In what world do you bubble up 68 men's basketball teams and bubble up 64 women's basketball teams but then decide for a 16-team tournament that is not a moneymaker, you need to hold and have four regional sites and then include a fifth spot for the frozen four in what world did that make any lick of sense the entire first day of the tournament was spent complaining that Notre Dame was out because they went out first day due to COVID tests and the only other thing mentioned about the first day was absolute shitty ice at two of the host sites because it's humid it's 75 degrees and these fucking arenas haven't hosted hockey all year because the AHL isn't playing in every city. This made zero sense. I, tier three junior hockey leagues have run a bubble this year in Tampa because of every state having different contact tracing and every state having different regulations. That's the other thing that makes this a dumbass reason to have four sites. A site in Pittsburgh is way more difficult to get your team passed and get everyone in versus a site in North Dakota. And you don't have North Dakota travel. They stayed home. They don't have decisions were either made by the laziest people in sports or the dumbest people in sports. Because none of this makes any goddamn sense. And I like Part of me, because of how dumb the tournament is, and we can get get to this anyway, too. But part of me doesn't even want to care because you know Michigan could have just went and lost a five overtime game against North Dakota. Man, I stayed oh. up till two a.m. for that, and uh, like my reaction was like, "Eh, of course Duluth won." <laughs> Duluth won with a goalie who had to come in cold. In the fourth overtime, well, that was due to the other goalie cramping up. 
that was clearly the right decision because I don't know if you saw the goal, but uh, if if that happens at any point in regulation, you're like, not great, Bob, but the goalie's been in for fucking two days. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, what it like, it's cool. Like that that's what makes hockey one of the greatest games on earth. Because like and you get into a playoff situation like that, it's just absolutely bonkers. There was that game with Columbus and Tampa last year, right? And, and like I think it went to four overtimes, but it, it's just it, it it's a cool moment. But like, could you imagine North Dakota's a wagon all year and their their season is over? Because their goalie got tired after playing two and a half games and let in a bad goal. Like, I just – this tournament needs a complete redo. And I think your point about it not being a moneymaker, that makes it even more egregious to to keep this stupid format where 20 people go to the regionals and – you know, it, it's a one-off game and one of the in the most random game in sports. Sports science did a study saying hockey has the highest randomness factor out of all of the main sports. It, it, there is no reason that this should be a single elimination tournament. And <laughs> it keep the frozen four single elimination. That's fine. If you want to keep the frozen four like That's that, it, it's your it's, it's your biggest moneymaker of all because they usually sell out those arenas. And, and that's fine. But, man, there should not be a world where some of these upsets happen because of auto bids and stuff. Like, think about the frequency of, like, 16-1, if it were basketball, 16-1 level upsets happen in this tournament. And it's just like we're not – we're getting robbed of games and – if we were to put in one of these ideas, like a best of three at the regionals, like, cause that's what baseball does. They do best of three or double elimination at certain points. Think of all the great matchups and series we're being robbed of every single year uh, outside of all this dumbass COVID stuff. Like it, it just, it doesn't make sense. And it just feels like they're trying too hard to be basketball. It's always the the least satisfying end to what is my favorite regular season. Like, it's just the least satisfying end. Even when your team wins, like, you know, I can think of how fun it was. Like, heck, it was on this date in 2007 that MSU won their hockey national championship. But, I mean, it was a four-game run with Jeff Lurg just being a god in net. And – you know, I would love to look back and say they won that, but they, you know, they swept Maine in a best of three and moved on. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I would like to say. That's better than they got a home regional in Grand Rapids. They weren't the one seed, but they get Grand Rapids. They get two wins and they get to the Frozen Four and you just got to win two games. It was like the perfect setup, you know? So I don't know. It's, uh, it's such an unsatisfying end of the season and there's no reason to do it the way that they do it. They've had best of three before they've had on campus hosts before. I don't even care if it's on on campus. If you want to do these regional sites and bring in four teams and run multiple best of threes, I don't care. Like I don't, won't go to them. I don't think it's worth a fan's trip to the week after maybe you just spent money going to your conference championship game 
at a neutral arena. You're now turn around in a week later trying to travel and go to a regional game. And if you win that, you're like, oh, well, now I got to pay money for the Frozen Four. Uh, no one likes to do that. That's why the regionals are brutal the but way guess they what? are. But God. You might not go to that best of three series, but guess what? Nobody's fucking going anyway. It's the way it is. Like, <laughs> there's not. Right. The, there's no reason to stay doing what we're doing. And I feel like it would make fans happier. I feel like it would make players happier. I like I, I some players, they come to college hockey instead of the OHL or the WHL or wherever else they could play hockey because they want to win a national championship. You know what would make that more gratifying? If every once in a while the best team in college hockey won a national championship. Like it, it just like, remember that year? So I I wanted to talk about this, too, because you, you talk about how non-gratifying it is. Uh, it really just hit me now. That year, just a couple of years ago, when Michigan makes the Frozen Four, I remember watching that game against Notre Dame and feeling not fulfilled. I, I felt like this doesn't feel I'm watching this game and the way that game ended, I felt pretty shitty, but, uh, um, I, I just, you know, soft holes in overtime. Yeah. No, it wasn't overtime. Uh, it was with oh, right. regular season. Yeah, regular, yep. Yep. With a face off on the other end with 15 seconds to go in the game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I just remember in the middle of that game feeling like, what's wrong with me? Michigan's playing in the fucking frozen four and I am here to see it. And uh, the way you just put it, it it makes me feel better about feeling that way because you're right. I would, I think I genuinely would much rather watch Michigan win a regular season, big 10 title not then see them win a national championship, but see them win two games and lose in the frozen four. Yeah. I, I'd rather see him win the big 10 title. You here's, know, here's where, you know, you are messing up. If you're working for the NCAA and you're running a national tournament, let me tell you right now, I work with athletes all the time that have choices. They have the OHL, they have the NCAA route. You have to decide pretty young. Because you could get an offer for the OHL at 16 years old. You need to know what you want to do. No college coach ever, 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 ever would want that kid to go to a regional game to see what it's like. None. Because the second he walks in and he sees, I am three games away from a national title, and there's 270 people here in fucking Dayton, and this is what I'm doing. And then you look at the OHL and they have best of seven series. And then you go to the Memorial cup and it's a round Robin tournament with double elimination. No, no kid is looking at that and says NCAA is my route. They recruit these kids off of their November and December games when the barn is packed. What I was just going to say January, February. It, it, yeah. it is funny because that's exactly what came to my mind. If you talk regular season, I could drive tw- 10 minutes and go to a Flint Firebirds. Well, not now, but you know what I mean. I could drive 10 minutes and go to a Flint Firebirds game and there's, it it looks like an NCAA regional and it's a 62 game season. And it's a pretty meaningless game because 16 out of the 20 teams make the playoffs and it's whatever. But uh, you know, the regular season, 
you go to Yost for a November series against BU. Are, in, are you kidding me? It's packed with a bunch of people that just are drunk already because they just got from a football game and everybody's wearing maize. The student section's going absolutely bonkers. And it, it's just crazy that we're robbing these kids of a true postseason experience. Because guess what? It, it would be in the NCAA's best interest to do this because you'd pull more. We're already pulling more kids from the CHL than the NCAA ever has. 10 years ago, I don't think this Michigan team is put together the way it is. And so, yeah. And so the way that this is happening is great, but we need to capitalize. You need to put it back. I, you say you couldn't give a shit about campus sites. This is stupid. Why are we putting 200 people? Oh. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Well, no, no, I know. I know what you mean. Like, you, you're just trying to well, get I mean, it. we're that, that has to come up because the reason campus sites don't exist anymore is actually Yoast. So, didn't want to hurt Michigan fans' feelings. But, no, I mean, we, we need them again. I would love campus sites. Um, but even if for some reason, let's say coaches don't agree to it, you can come to something better than what you're doing now. And you know what? Women's basketball does campus sites in a normal year just fine. And it makes the early rounds of their tournament great. When it is kind of chalky, it is kind of chalky for the women's tournament, which was excellent this year. Okay. But they maybe do I'm sites. What? Maybe I want chalk for a couple of rounds. Yeah. So we can. Michigan and North Dakota play so we can see Wisconsin go and play UMass we didn't get any of these games and I know the Michigan things because of COVID but I don't care you know it, it, it just we we need to revamp this tournament because you, you have douchebags like John Bucigras go off and off about how college hockey yeah. is the greatest in the game but then when ESPN finally shows it it's in the middle of New England where 20 people are in the stands and it, it just doesn't have any energy. You just have an announcer screaming about things that are monumental sometimes and it doesn't feel real because nobody's in the stands. And, and yes. so it just needs a complete revamp and I don't know how it gets done. I, it probably doesn't get done. I, I don't if I... Uh... If my son didn't have a dad that was an academic advisor, didn't have a dad that loved NCAA hockey, zero chance that he would be going to NCAA. I would want him in the WHL 100 times out of 100. Not based on hockey development, not anything, but I'm looking back and I'm telling him, when you get to be 42 and you are playing beer league and you want to remember the memories you had, at least you don't have to remember that you went to fucking Bridgeport and had your college career end in front of 30 parents. <laughs> after all the years you put in that's how your college career ends is that you lose in Bridgeport to Bemidji State <laughs> and like it's your mom your dad your girlfriend didn't even make the trip like because who goes to Bridgeport like come on man this is brutal it's a hey, brutal line for these kids hey could be a boyfriend we don't know <laughs> but anyway yeah, anything Let, let's anything. but let's, it's just what a brutal end man Let's move forward. Yeah. Because I feel like we could sit here and talk about this for another hour. And we have a whole off. summer of content. <laughs> yeah. Let's, I, we're going to switch around some stuff in our outline because I just want to keep the hockey vibe going. Um, 
Let, let's look ahead a little bit. So I'll let you start with Michigan State since you guys have been longer into the offseason. Um, you guys got some big returns, huh? Or at least one big return. Yeah. As I say, yeah, I really won. But uh, uh, they did keep one senior for their COVID season, and it is Mitch Lewandowski, which – Let's give us some credit. We kind of talked about that at the end of the season there that we're, like, you know, preseason for sure. Mitch is playing for his entry-level contract, just picking what team he wants to go to. Uh, and now with the way the season went, it made a ton of sense to come back and try and put up big numbers again. You have Eric Mittendorf coming in that will be on your line with you. You can play with Tanner Kelly. You can play with Jesse Tucker. You can play with Josh Nobler another season, whatever. Anything to get your numbers up more than what you had it this year. Um, so, yeah, Mitch Lewandowski's coming back, which I think, you know, I, I think a lot of fans were just based off this season alone were saying that they didn't really care if he came back or not. But I got to tell you, like, you saw that kid with Patrick Coderango and Taro Hirose on a line. Like, when he has support, he can do it. He's not his own creator. He's not going to create his own shooting lanes. He's not going to create his own space. If you can – hover around him you're going to disrupt his game but next season you hope that that space comes back and if that space comes back that kid's got 20 goals in him if he you know has the space to do it so um yeah big return big return i think the biggest part of that is if you could pick one single player you said okay jeremy you get one player to pick that comes back for their covid year out of the seniors you're picking lewandowski 10 times out of 10. You're not even thinking about it. So that, that's really a great pickup for you guys. I, I From the seniors, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I – uh, No one outside of the seniors. That's for – I'd give a second to Tommy Apap, but – Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I, I, that's a great pickup. Um, I think you guys have to be very happy with that. Um Let's talk about did you guys get anybody in from the portal or just out so far? So there are rumors of who has come in. Um, I've done a little bit of uh, digging around and I, I feel like I know who it is, but not enough to go with Cole it Caulfield. on the record. No, it is not Cole Caulfield. Unfortunately, he's in Laval playing with the Rockets or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think we are going to add a forward. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we are going to add a forward. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a top six forward. I think it's going to be a depth type player. Um, just at this point, I know they were in on some big guys that would be top six, but those guys like Grant Cruikshank are looking more North Dakota, BC type situations. Um, you know, unless they were to get Mitch Lewandowski's friend from junior, uh, McManus out of Minnesota. If it was a guy like that, uh, it's going to probably be a bottom six guy, which is fine. They lose a lot of the good depth guys in Brody Stevens and Gianluca Estevez and guys like that. So um, it'll probably be something like that, but it won't be a, a world changer. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be good news. You guys need more depth because, I mean, if we're being honest here, you know, you guys had a line <laughs> that could score sometimes. And uh, depth is needed on a college hockey team. And uh, I've got I've got Becker and uh, 
Be- Becker and Dakota Raby available for you. <laughs> but Becker's not available anymore. Oh, He's, where is? Uh, oh my God! Breaking news, guys. <laughs> Jack Becker is going somewhere. <laughs> no, Jack. Jack Becker is doing the typical uh, Michigan and Michigan State retirement plan. He's going to Arizona State. So. Oh hell yeah! That's, bro. The amount of people. So we didn't touch on this, but. Oh my God! Am I gonna embarrass myself and try and pronounce the basketball player who decommitted from MSU and went to Arizona State? I'm gonna let you go for it. I'm not gonna go for it. All <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna Enoch Bowakie. Yeah, I think you got that right. I hope. Uh, if not, we're gonna look hilarious. But all the basketball people are skipping the hockey segment, so we're good. Um, but. Awesome. That is good for Jack Becker to uh, go to Arizona State. Honestly, that seems like a great. I mean, um, I I don't know if who we're cares gonna... about the hockey. You're there for one more year of college. Go to Arizona State. That's a great, great call. <laughs> Literally in college hockey, your options are like, well, I could go to Boston, <laughs> or I could go to Dakota, <laughs> or I could go to Arizona. Yeah. And- not pay attention to anything. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I think Michigan State makes some really good moves. Uh, you mentioned – the one thing I want to touch on before we get to Michigan is that you put in our outline, no DeRitter news, and that's a good thing. Uh, and I think that's really, really, really key for y'all because I think you can make some steps next year – but if you don't have a goalie, that's pretty much all I'm done. Yeah, and I mean, I think my concern is that I trust Pierce Charleston. I've seen him play in junior. He obviously finished the season great with MSU. I would have no concern of, you know, going in with him as your starter. Um, but if we go in with him and Jonathan Moore as his background as backup next year. I am going to be very nervous about anything happening to Pierce Charleston at any point in the season well, yeah. because yeah, I mean, that's a humongous drop off. And college hockey is a season of back to backs. I mean, in the NHL, goalies playing back to back nights is almost unheard of. And, and let's be frank yep. here Michigan State is not a job where you have easy nights you know <laughs> like I, I mean right it, you're facing a lot of shots you you for you I'm just saying like even if it isn't the end of the world for Michigan State to lose Drew Ritter, it is a big big change from having Ritter and a very competent skilled backup to not having that <laughs> no no, it would massively, I mean, we've had some college hockey news that kind of shake up what I thought the ceiling was for Michigan State. Um, you know, I think right now it's shaping up that Michigan and Minnesota are going to run away in the Big Ten right now um, with Minnesota really only losing Sample Ranta. Um, yeah, bullshit. I, can you I, know, they get Jack LaFontaine back. And, can, I, can I put in a, an official complaint here? Because – with that much NHL talent, y'all got to be losing more. Because I was planning on next year being like Michigan shoe-in year. And uh, 
that doesn't look like that's happening. (laughs) Nope. But outside of those two, I mean, there's so much turnover, but now Notre Dame gets a pretty good bully to come in for St. Sir. And uh, yeah, there's opportunities for Michigan State, I feel like. Um, Who knows what Wisconsin is going to be with losing so much of their front power. Uh, Everything went right for them this year, and they still choked in the NCAA tournament. So Granado is back. Um, I don't have to apologize. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a pretty wide open season, but you would take any chance of that wide open season and basically throw it away if you lost Judy Ritter. So at this point, I'm not convinced he's for sure going to be here. Mason Appleton signed his pro contract in July. Um, you know, so yes, Dennis Sasana for now is coming back and Drew Ritter for now is coming back. Um, I just hope it stays that way because <laughs> it really could be, like I said, outside of those top two of Michigan and Minnesota, I think three through seven could be wide open uh, in this league next year as we sit right now. Before we move on to Michigan, can we just talk about the reality that Wisconsin could go from Big Ten champs to seventh in the league in back-to-back years? Easily. Oh. Easily could do it. That's my new. That's my new uh, biggest hope for next season. Uh, is that... they're just hoping that Penn State and Michigan State stay down there. Oh yeah. But if Penn State and Michigan State find anything, they're in trouble. They could be right back. Because <laughs> I mean, they right back. Yeah. Look at any game where Caulfield and Holloway didn't do anything, and you're looking at another Michigan State or Penn State. And uh, guess what? Penn State's been better for more years lately than Wisconsin. I, I have faith in and that. Wisconsin can they continue to operate in the transfer portal for goalies exclusively. So uh, they took Minnesota's backup goalie. So Baydoon showed you can get some good games out of them, but consistency is probably hard to come by when you're looking in the transfer portal for a goalie. Um, I find that uh, if you want to topple Minnesota, taking the guy who can't beat out Jack LaFontaine to become your starter is probably not the way to topple Minnesota. So to be fair, LaFontaine uh, <laughs> has probably been one of the best goalies in college. Hockey. Oh no. Um, He's good. It's just the, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to look at this right now and say, yep, that team's going to be better next year with the guy that sat most of the season. Cause Jack LaFontaine is so much better than him. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're not yeah. getting the second night like at all, <laughs> that's usually not a good sign. Um, so I before we get into the future of Michigan hockey, this was a point I wanted to make. Uh, that bef- uh, back when we were talking about Michigan in the NCAA tournament, how shitty is it that Michigan never gets a chance? to have Strauss man play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Michigan is a program that Yost built on Twitter, pointed this out, has been plagued by goalie play over and over and over in the NCAA tournament. And they finally get a situation with Strauss man where you have one of the best goalies in the country. And unless he stays for a senior year, which I am not counting on, you're probably looking at never watching Strassman play an NCAA tournament game, and that blows. Especially you were talking about how all it takes is a goalie going on a heater and you have a national title, you know? And so it really hurts. Um, I, 
to be honest, uh, Strauss should be going and signing a free agent contract this summer for an NHL team. Uh, I'd love to see him back at Michigan next year. I think Eric Portillo is going to be a very good college goaltender and potential NHL goaltender, but uh, still just sucks about that, not seeing him play in the playoffs, basically. So looking ahead to next year for Michigan, as we mentioned, Dakota Ravy and Jack Becker are in the portal, and that was kind of expected. They're both healthy scratches for about half the season. Uh, and now comes a very interesting period for Michigan because they have a lot of players who are a question mark when looking at their if they're back next year. So in terms of draft picks, Cam York has already signed with the Philadelphia Flyers. Good for him. That was expected. Another expected one that I'm not so sure about anymore is uh, Johnny Beecher because of his injury. I, I really don't know if they're going to want him to take another year in college because he is out for a really long time. Uh, and I don't know when we're going to find out about that, but that's a big one. Um, the other two draft picks that are current – uh, are Thomas Bordalo and Brendan Brisson. And uh, I can't see either of their teams wanting them in the AHL over college uh, next year, but you really never know. It's organization to organization. So those are two more question marks until you hear for sure that they're back. And then <laughs> you have... Matt Beneers, Kent Johnson, Owen Power, who are all going to get drafted in the top 10 of the NHL draft this year. And I'm going to say I think all of them need another year in college, but I might not be the best person to talk to as I have some significant bias involved. Uh, I think I think you're right. I think uh, it's hard for me to imagine Owen Power not just going just because I feel like he's ready, but it's just going to depend. You're, if you're an organization that's in the top 10, you're usually not set up to throw a defenseman to the wilds like that. Um, yeah, like physically he might be ready. Yeah, I think he'll be back. I, I'm just not sure that you can throw – because I'm thinking like, okay, teams that could pick number one overall this year. Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. And I'm like, man, I do not see any of those teams throwing Owen Power the way he played this year. No, no offense to him. He was a very, very good college hockey defenseman. But I cannot see him making the jump to the NHL this year. Um, Matt Beneers is very good in almost all facets of his game. I could see him playing in the AHL. That, that is one thing. With Matt Benier's work rate, the way he plays hockey, his shot isn't really there, but that's about it. I could see him playing in the A. But, man, like I just can't see Kent Johnson making the jump, and Kent Johnson could put up 80 points next year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to college. Uh, and so I think Michigan's got a, a good team coming back. I want to do a hockey episode in the coming weeks. And in that one, we're just going to go player by player and make predictions because we don't have time tonight. But 
but uh, it's certainly going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. I can't see um, right now projecting any of them to be slotted into an NHL lineup. And if you're not slotted into the NHL lineup, there's really no reason to choose the AHL over your college situation unless you really just don't like your college situation. More games, I think. I think that's fair enough. Like, if somebody wants I, – I don't think you could put Kent Johnson in the AHL, and I don't think – I think if you're taking Owen Power, I, I I don't see a reason to put him in the A. But for some reason, Matty Beneers, I feel like he could go and really help out an AHL team with all of it, with just with his skill set and work ethic. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to be – Real interesting, but we need to. Get, we still have basketball stuff to talk about, and we've been going a while, so we, we got to get through this. Um, let, let's let's peek ahead, uh, talk, do some transfer portal talk. Just since we're already on Michigan today, it was officially announced Mike Smith is going to pursue professional opportunities. He said the NBA draft, but I'm going to say professional opportunities because of his height and uh it's also believed that franz wagner and isaiah livers are pretty much locks to be leaving school now here's where it can get interesting michigan has two more players three more players that we're talking about here one eli brooks according to the message boards heavy lean to stay in school another year. Two, Shondi Brown. I think he's a coin flip. <laughs> and uh, that's just because I don't know anything. But I, we haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about Shondi Brown. And I would love Shondi Brown back. And then three, Austin Davis with, uh, with Michigan bringing in Musa Diabate. I don't see a world where Austin would play more than three or four minutes a game. But if he wants to come back and be a player that's an assistant coach and play a couple minutes a game and be there in case Musa and Hunter get in foul trouble, I think this staff would very much have him considering he wouldn't count against a scholarship number. So, uh, I, I've heard literally nothing on Austin Davis, but he'd be nice to have back too. So lots of decisions coming, and lots of important ones for Michigan. Yeah, I would have to think uh, – I would expect Eli and Shawnee back. That's my read on it. Austin Davis, I don't know. Do you – I mean, he's uh, – he'd be like if you're Josh Lanford came back, right? So okay. – he wants to just – if he sees himself as a coach in the future, I think he'll be back because I think this would be a really good opportunity for him to just be a player coach. And uh, I, I think that would be a really smart move for him if he wanted to go that way. But I also have been in college for five years and can tell you I wouldn't want to do a sixth year. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's 
it's a lot of early mornings and weightlifting if you just want to be a coach. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Um, I, I've seen people, seen people say that uh, they think that Franz might be back, and I think that's really, really wishful thinking. I, I know he had a bad game against UCLA. Um, I know his offensive game is sometimes a little bit invisible, but I I would bet a lot of money that he goes to the NBA draft. I mean, he is a player who is was easily the bet, not easily, but he was without a doubt a top defensive player in the Big Ten, and in my opinion, the best defensive player in the Big Ten. I think all his measurables are going to make NBA scouts fall in love with him if they already aren't. And I really think that his his offensive game, there's a lot of room for growth, and he is only 19. I mean, I, I just do not see a world where he comes back and chooses to play another year for free, where at worst he could go and play in the G League and make some money and develop as a pro. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid who passed up, what, being pro in Germany for a couple of years now and making money, so he's already given up a couple of years of income or pro experience and more games, as you you know mentioned previously about, you know, the hockey departures, um, really hard to picture him coming back. I, I don't, it kind of feels, uh, it, it kind of feels similar to me, the Aaron Henry conversation with MSU of like, he can come back, but is there really an extra year he can go? Is there anything he's missing that he can show in one year? doesn't really feel like it it, I mean, it would be coming back because of unfinished business, which is fine. If he wants to win a natty and like, yeah, that's, that's totally okay. Like good on you if that's what you want to do. But I don't think from a pure basketball perspective, assuming we get a full season next year, I, I mean, we're hopeful, right? We both got our vaccines. So now we can say we're hopeful that the numbers keep going that way. But if I, if I'm advising kids right now, I'm just like, you just don't assume that there's going to be anything. You never know could be a weird variant and there's not college, but there's NBA. You don't know. So um, really, uh, really hard to picture him coming back. Yeah. So the, the only basketball thing, and I, I can talk all day long about the NHL draft and what I think scouts are looking for there, but with the NBA draft, I am less knowledgeable. So take this with a grain of salt. The only basketball thing I could see scouts wanting more from him is because I do believe he has the ability to take games over consistently. He hasn't really shown that he's taken a few games over, but I I do believe he has the ability to consistently do that. So that's the only thing. If you wanted to go and try and raise your draft stock by going and coming back next year and having like five to 10 games where you make it yours or, or if you say, Oh man, it was crunch time in the NCAA tournament. And I went one for 10. I mean, if you really want to view it that like that and come back and take over in the NCAA tournament, but in my opinion, 
he doesn't need to do any of that. That's all, that's all stuff that fans like to daydream about. And I, I, it's a business. The NBA knows that this is a 6'10 player who can handle the ball. And if he keeps beefing up, is going to be a good, good pro. And that's why he's going to go in the top 15 of this draft. Uh, so I, I don't see him coming back at all. Um, I'd, I'd love to, but, you know, it, it's it's not a big thing. Um, I think Michigan looks in the portal. I'll come back with some names maybe next week, or who knows, by next week we record. Maybe they'll have somebody committed. But uh, it, we can get into Michigan today because I, I think that's all there is to Michigan uh, unless we're going to look forward at that roster next year. But that's that's another conversation. So uh, Michigan State has promising a promising guard in the portal, Jack Hoiberg, and then Rocket Watts, too. Yeah, yeah, Jack Hoiberg, who's already committed. So we're all ready to watch uh, some Sunbelt basketball for Texas Arlington. Step back, Jack. Going to bring his talents down there. Um, yeah, Rocket Watts in the portal. and. MSU, since they had the luxury, we'll call it, of uh, being added into the way to a little bit early, has already brought in one commitment out of the portal. So, um, you know, Tyson Walker out of Northeastern looks promising. I would assume he's going to start at point guard. I don't see anyone pushing him for that. Um, going to be a big jump up to the Big Ten. You know, I think MSU fans are a little, little – too excited after a season of some really bad point guard play um, to think he's going to translate right away. But I do think he solves a lot of the issues of this team uh, and hopefully helps some guys who had rough seasons, you know, like they talked about again on our cliff, on our uh, professor's podcast on the moving screen, the guys that we love to use for our basketball. Um, you know, somebody like Tyson Walker can really help if you're an MSU fan, you can help Joey Hauser and take a lot of uh, – and loosen him up a lot and help him just be able to play the things that he is good at and not have to do anything else outside of that, which will give him a better season. So good get. Um, I don't think MSU is done in having roster spots. I don't know if it's anyone else enters the transfer portal, um, but there are seemingly growing rumors of – not just fan want, but maybe actual rumors of Foster Lawyer having to retire that this shoulder surgery he had was worse than what they assumed um, or hoped for. And so he may not be entering the transfer portal, but end up just sticking around as like a grad assistant um, is what the word is. So that would give them, assuming Henry leaves, would give them one more scholarship for either the portal or if they know anything about Amani Bates reclassifying. Um, so right now they're full on scholarships uh, without someone entering in. So Imani ain't coming. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Uh, I will just make sure if we have, uh, when we have, I'm saying when since he said that it was doable. When we have Brendan Quinn on the pod, we'll just have to thank him for all the content. Uh, 
but we'll send him a nice uh we'll send him a nice bourbon i'm not promising that that's fine uh we <laughs> we well, will... here's the deal uh, i'll send him a bourbon because he last minute enters the contest for bourbon oh. uh and he'll he'll get yeah. the free bourbon you know what let's go ahead and shit talk that dude because there's no way <laughs> to the fucking podcast this so our bracket contest has been won by a dude who we think filled out a ton of brackets and then entered that last the contest a bunch of contests last minute and uh it's scummy and we're sending him a shirt anyway so uh we just don't want to get canceled so just gotta vent our podcast problems um congrats to that douchebag Anyways. Oh, Kentucky sucks forever. Yeah, well, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, it sucks to hear about Foster Lawyer. I had not heard that rumor yet. Uh, and, you know, as much shit as I like to talk about him because he's my height and plays college basketball, uh, he uh, doesn't deserve this to happen. And who knows what type of year he could have carved out. Uh, he showed a lot of offensive Maybe, you know, I was honestly thinking he would transfer to Indiana once Dan Fife got hired over there. But um, – See, I was, I was kind of sad to see him go because I was kind of hoping – I'm sad to see if he goes this way. Um, I don't think he really had a role at MSU. It was always going to be maybe just be a shooter for occasional minutes. But I feel like he could have been fun just like Jack Hoiberg. Like if he went down – to, I don't know, Western or a Mac team. And I could just put a Mac game in on a Tuesday and watch Foster Lawyer just drain some threes. Like, that would have been fun. That I would have loved that. That would be awesome. Well. So, so I'm hoping that he doesn't are, have to retire. But uh, Hopefully those rumors are false. Foster can carve out a nice year or two at some school. Um, I hope personally that Marcus Bingham transfers, although it isn't looking good for me. Um, which sucks because that dude looked real good down the stretch. Um, let's just let's just finish this podcast off talking about how man Michigan, Michigan State next year has the potential to be like real good. Like like both of them are top 10, 15 teams all year, and then meet with some Big Ten ramifications on the line because uh, you know. If Tyson Walker can come in and be have like a Mike Smith type season, I, I really like as much. I'm gonna make fun of Joey Hauser a lot this summer because he was he had a very Shea Patterson like season. But if that dude gets a point guard, he might end up being what they what y'all thought he was gonna be. So I gotta get the jokes in while I can. Because uh, that roster with a real point guard looks a lot more complete than people are giving it credit for. Um, and Michigan, obviously, if they get Shondi and Eli back, they need to hit the portal for, like, a true guard. And then hopefully Austin Davis comes back. Man, that's you could run it back and try and get that one seed again, I, honestly. Uh, so it – There's – Brendan, there's one way MSU – can just make this even more spicy for a great season against Michigan next year. John, do you want to still looking for a job? I have an assistant coach opening. 
And I think, I think, I think we need to make a call. I think we need to make a call. He's looking miserable on the Is John Messier? If John Beeline goes to Michigan State, I will be so angry. That will hurt way more than him leaving as head coach to go coach the Cavs. Um, it, there's no way it happens. It's pretty weird, though, that he isn't. So you, do we think he's done then? Because there were a lot of good jobs that opened up. So unless he takes, like, Arizona or some shit, like, I think he really might be done. So here's how he's done. Do you know what I think he's going to do? And I, it would be a, an interesting story. if, And it, it, it involves some family things that we don't know about. I could see John taking a small school, bringing his son on as an assistant to help kind of get him back coaching and yeah. do a few years and hand it off to his son. And that's kind of feels like what we're moving towards is that now it's, you know, helping Patrick get back on his feet coaching-wise. And, and to be honest, like, we don't know if, if I'm assuming John got calls in these jobs and we don't know how hard he went for him. John and went after someone's hiring. I mean, sure. He's not an alum, but he's better than Mike Woodson. Come on, man. Like, uh, so yeah, man, maybe CMU, CMU, go hire John Beeline and Patrick on the staff. I would love that. Patrick, uh, you know, take over in like four years. I opening, you know, that kind of feels like what it could be, or he is done, and he just he just wants to be on BTN. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, No one who knows him thinks he's done. So I know that that's the thing that that makes me wonder. Well, lots of off season left to speculate. This is the. First of our many, many off-season pods. Um, hoping to have some good guests on this summer. We already mentioned Brendan Quinn. Got some others in mind that we have not talked to, but we're going to try for. Hoping Brendan gives us some credibility so other people say yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, that's it. Before we bullshit and find a funny line to sign off on, make sure to go rate us on iTunes. Go make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you're not already. And go make sure to leave us a goddamn five-star review that I can read out on the show.